Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. I am not Jim Smalley. I am Tanner Waldus Scribner, filling in for Jim Smalley, who will be back next week. But for right now, welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, grain market analyst Neil Townsend talks about the impact the Russian invasion is having on the grain markets. The Saskatchewan Pork Development Board elected a new chair, and we talked to him. And we look at last year's extremely dry weather and the impact it had on the quality of pea seed for 2022. We also have an update from the government of Saskatchewan on the cattle markets. The farm weather and market report are in their usual spot. This is Saskatchewan. In agriculture today with 620 CKRM Agri News Director Jim Smalley. I'm Tanner Waldo Scribner, and this portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1 800 324 7778 and brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. As the Russian invasion of Ukraine has continued, the impact on agriculture is being felt. Neil Townsend, the chief market analyst with FarmLink Grain Fox, says that the invasion has had a significant impact on the grain market so far. First of all, I mean, obviously, our, you know, our hearts and our minds are with the people of Ukraine and the challenges that they're facing, which are, you know, very significant. And we're hoping for peaceful resolution as soon as possible. But the grain markets are definitely... Um, you know, very impacted by this. I mean, a lot of uh, wheat uh, comes from that region, tradable wheat in terms of Ukraine and Russia. And uh, also, uh, Ukraine is a major exporter of corn and, and some veg oils like sunflower seed oil and, and actual rapeseed or canola. So, uh, you know, the loss of that availability is going to have a big impact on the market. And the market's been reacting like that, too. So, on Thursday, the day of the invasion, we saw prices go, you know, futures prices go up. On Friday, there was a little bit of a retraction, but today the prices were uh, back up strong today. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen tomorrow, but I think, uh, you know, medium term, if we don't get that supply freed up, we're going to see uh, sustained higher prices. Townsend said he doesn't really know what to expect when looking forward to the future. You know, Canada, obviously, we had a much smaller crop because of the drought South American corn and soybean crop has been negatively impacted by their own drought and poor weather there. So the loss of even, you know, this is sort of the tail end of the Russian and Ukrainian uh, export season because, you know, they've been, they harvested back in late June and July and they've been exporting ever since, uh, starting with wheat and then moving on to other crops like corn and oil seeds. So, but if, if they're not able to, um, you know, get the labor they need to harvest their crops or to care for their crops. I mean, I don't think the crop is going to be disappeared. It's, it is there. It's just, you know, they've got other things on their mind right now, right? So you'll just see more like sustained prices. And, 
because everything is going up in price in the world, like inflation is a big story. It's not just food, but you know, people need to eat and they're just going to have to make sure that they can access different supplies around the world. Like, and uh, they can't access right now Ukrainian for sure. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of sanctions that are going to limit the availability of Russian grains and oil seeds as well. He continued in saying that it's hard to predict the future of what might happen, but people shouldn't expect things to bounce back anytime soon. I do think that we're in an environment of heightened uncertainty and elevated volatility. So even though when you just look at this from a, you know, a, a big picture thing, you think, oh, this suggests that my crops that I have in my bins and the crops that I'm going to grow are going to have upside in pricing. That's correct. But that at the other hand, I mean, it's just, you know, there's so many false starts and, and reversals and, and all of those kinds of things. So it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen. But I will say this is that the overall picture for grains and oil seeds in the world, because of a, a multitude of things, like in particular, the South American situation with poor weather there, like the fundamentals are favorable. And so if you can afford to have a little bit of patience on a portion of your grain and on pricing new crop, you might see higher prices than the prices that are available today especially in Western Canada. Townsend said more disruptions could very well happen. I just think that there is a lot of open demand out there where countries are assessing their needs. And, uh, you know, I think that just to add to the uncertainty and the volatility that in a lot of places in the world, you know, when prices go up, that can cause some disruptions in, you know, the harmony of the population, so to speak. And you might see more of those disruptions just because, you know, food is becoming a little bit more precious now. So, you know, again, I do think we're in for uh, a more sustained period of higher prices. I just think that it will be um, coupled with an increase in the volatility and uncertainty that we see on any given day. That was Neil Townsend, the chief market analyst for FarmLink Grain Fox. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Visit Seedmaster.ca. The Saskatchewan Pork Development Board has elected a new chair. Toby Shelter is the unit manager with Star City Farming and has been a Sask Pork board member for the last five years. There's stuff happening outside in the hog industry, outside of the barn door. And if you don't go out and see that, you're kind of liable to get stuck in a groove in the hog industry. I like to be involved in discussions and policy, and this decision just takes my position as a director to the next level. Shelter talks about his farming background. So it's getting to be close to 30 years that I've been involved in in hog production. I've worked in all areas of production, uh, from a barn worker right to manager position. And I'm currently the unit manager for our hog production. This could include just general day-to-day chore chore duties, uh, feed milling, time spent in administration and regular paperwork, stuff like that, checking and replying to emails, uh, maintaining schedule and keeping on top of employee duties. And since I've been a director, this could include going from doing chores directly to, to Zoom meetings. Shelter says transportation and feed are the main issues he feels are facing pork producers. There seems to be a general shortage of truckers in Canada, and this isn't just restricted to the hog industry. With uh, more reliance on more in feed imports and increased need of feed imported feed ingredients, we're relying more and more on long-distance transportation this year. 
the biggest impact we've seen so far in the Saskatchewan uh, is the supply of some of the feeding ingredients we take we import, particularly soy meal that's uh, in very short supply. Like loads are being delayed like weeks at a time, and guys are just scrambling to keep enough feed in their bins. There's also very little canola meal to substitute with a with a poor crop year last year, and that's not helping any. But so far, we haven't seen any any live shipment disruptions. But the farms that do ship that out, those hogs out, those isoenes, they are worried about it. Shelter is hoping there will be a good crop this year so feed costs can come back into line. Well, feed costs are going to remain high in the next little while. It's a good idea to just book the far ahead and advance all the ingredients that you can and make sure you have enough delivered till we get closer to the new crop year, which starts coming uh, off in August. And also, Sasspork uh, ran a, f- a feed town hall meeting last fall with the research from the Prairie Swine Center and the University of Saskatchewan, and they presented a lot of good information uh, in reducing feed costs. It's, it producers can look at that on the Sasspork website if they want to check it out. Toby Shelter is the new chair of the Saskatchewan Port Development Board. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your Real Agriculture Update. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation, along with Real Agriculture, invite you to join us for a webinar on conservation easements on Thursday, March 3rd at 7 p.m. Central. Find out more and register for the webinar at realagriculture.com slash SSGF. I am joined right now by Yars Balin. He is the former director of the Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies at the University of Alberta. I want to start off first to establish the strong connection between Ukraine and Canada. Well, there have been several reasons why Ukrainians have moved to Canada from Ukraine over the last 130 years, I mean, starting in the 1890s uh, and continuing to the present day. Uh, Some came for economic reasons, uh, some came for political reasons, some came to pursue a better, you know, more opportunities for themselves and for their children. So um, uh, what people, I think, should know about the Ukrainian immigration to Canada is that right now there are 1.4 million Canadians who claim whole or partial Ukrainian ancestry. That's a lot of Canadians who have roots in Ukraine. Not only ethnic Ukrainians, people who are you know Ukrainian by ethnicity, but Ukraine has also contributed immigrants who are of Jewish background, of Polish background, of Romanian background, German background, German Lutherans, German Catholics, German Baptists, Mennonites, uh, even a small community of Swedes who came from central, south-central Ukraine, had been living there since the late 1700s, and who came to Canada in the 1920s. So the Ukrainian contribution to the Canadian population has been huge. And even with it happening over such a long period of time, that, that, that sense of connection has still seems to really, really be just just so strong. That's, uh, that's true. That's, there's a reason for that. I mean, the Ukrainian... Ukrainian language and culture has had to survive in difficult circumstances for much of the last uh, century and a half or even longer. And uh, so the Ukrainians who came here, many of them really worked hard to preserve their language, culture, and identity to pass on the heritage to their children. This is especially true in the interwar period and the post-World War II immigration uh, that came out, of a, came out of a Ukraine that had just gone through very turbulent times, uh, the World War, the Civil War, the famine, the uh, 
the uh, Second World War, and uh, those people were were fiercely committed to resisting Russification, to resisting the uh, erasure of uh, Ukrainian language, culture, and identity, or it's demeaning, or it's dumbing down to, you know, a couple of folk dances at the end of a concert, and that's your Ukrainian content. So um, people here have maintained, you know, compared to other immigrant groups, where they didn't have to worry that, you know, if you were a German or if you were a Dutch and you came to Canada, you didn't worry that the language, the Dutch language and culture wasn't going to survive in, in the Netherlands uh, or Ita Italy. Uh, but Ukrainians did worry about this, and I think that that motivated them to uh, cling to their traditions and values uh, much more tenaciously than, than other groups did. So let's get to the conflict. From, from your standpoint, and you know, this is an area where uh, you've spent a, your career in academic study, why is this conflict happening right now? Well, first of all, not only did I spend my career uh, and devoted my, a good chunk of my life to Ukrainian things, uh, I visited Ukraine starting 1968, and I visited probably over 25 times now. So in different parts of the country, so I have a sense of the country as a whole, and I have a sense of how the country has evolved over time. Uh, this conflict is deeply rooted in a couple of things. One, in the personal uh, deranged, delusionary, delusionary uh, psychology of Vladimir Putin, who fancies himself a modern-day Tsar and who wants to go down in Russian history as the Russian leader who restored, made Russia great again. Sounds familiar. Uh, he he uh, wanted to restore Russia's uh, imperial space as a powerful and feared uh, country in the world. Uh, and so this is motivating him. But Russia is also deeply uh, steeped in myths about Ukrainian history that have been developed over centuries by Russian propaganda, by imperial propaganda, that portrayed Ukraine as somehow being absolutely an indivisible, this, only, this idea of it being indivisible from Russia with Belarusia only came about in the 18th century. But This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. It's the official 620 CKRM farm weather forecast, which is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today there's supposed to be periods of light snow, but looking outside, it's clear there's a high of minus 7 today with wind chill near minus 16. Tonight, there, those periods of light snow are supposed to continue with a low of minus 12 and wind chill hitting a low of minus 19 overnight. Tomorrow, there's a 30% chance of light snow early in the morning with a high of minus 10 and wind chill minus 19. And tomorrow night, cloudy periods with a low of minus 17. On Thursday, periods of snow with a high of minus 9 and a low of minus 12. Friday, more snow is set to fall with a high of minus 9 and a low of minus 13. The normal high for today is minus 4. The normal low for today is minus 15. Sunrise was at 743 this morning, and sunset is scheduled for 639 tonight. In Estevan and Yorkton, they both sit at minus 9 at this hour. Swift Kern and Moose Jaw at minus 10. In Weyburn and in Regina, both sit at minus 8. We'll be back 
in a moment. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. I'm Tanner Waldus Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley for this week. He will be back next week. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougal Auctioneers Com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid System, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. Extremely dry weather during last year's harvest is impacting the quality of pea seed for 2022. Sandy Junek is the molecular lab manager at Discovery Sea Labs in Saskatoon. The most affected crop is field peas for sure. So even on our first pre-cleaning germinations we're seeing lower numbers than what we typically see i think our average germ on field peas and this is mostly the pre-clean samples is down around that 82 percent and it's usually up you know into the higher 90s and it's all mechanical damage almost every seed lot has some form of mechanical damage on it we're also seeing the vigors on those same seed lots kind of drifting outside of that 10% range that we like to see just due to the cracking of the seed coats and things like that. That seed is already stressed out, so it's not performing as well under the stressful conditions. The other pulse crops seem to be faring better. The rest of the pulses seem to be handling a little bit better. We are seeing a little bit lower vigors in the lentils. Again, just because we're seeing some of that cracking of the seed coat and things like that, some of the samples have quite a bit of split seeds in them, just again due to being dry at harvest, but they're not being impacted as as much as the field bees. On the plus side, disease is not common with issues in pulse seed. Noticing very little botrytis and sclerotinia, they're almost non-existent. We still are finding ascochyta on field peas uh, and chickpeas, but the levels are lower this year than what they are in the past. Still recommend getting the disease checked, just because we do still have samples where it is up in that you know 7 to 14 range, just for something to be aware of for control with the seed treatment. But we are seeing very few samples this year that we'd be discarding seed lots because of disease pressure. That just didn't happen across the province this year. Sandy Junek is the molecular lab manager at Discovery Seed Labs in Saskatoon. His comments come from the Pulse on the Prairies podcast. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look at Dagelman for your most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumber, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A team of University of Saskatchewan researchers has built a tool that is designed to estimate the value for wetland services to help farmers, land planners, and policymakers understand the benefits of wetland conservation in agriculture. Dr. Crystal Mantika Pringle, a conservation planning biologist and adjunct professor at the USAS School of Environment and Sustainability, explained what they found during the study. The reason why is in the past and in future day during periods of really wet periods of, of rainfall, some of these areas can be problematic for agriculture and for farmers and they tend to be drained. But in other areas, those are like the most productive areas on the landscape, not just for 
biodiversity and, and habitat for species, but also for productivity in agriculture as well. So the idea of um, the science question was we wanted to understand what the value of these wetlands are, like the monetary value, not just here for the Canadian prairies, but also for around the world. So the team of researchers incorporate wildlife biologists, conservation biologists, and two economists that were able to capture values from across the world on every continent and gather that information and use different indicators to help come up with the monetary value and also a tool to not only understand the value of wetlands but also to provide an understanding of of the benefits of those wetlands for both provisioning and regulating ecosystem services. So when I talk about ecosystem services Wetlands provide a range of different benefits, both for people and for species, including um, nutrient filtration, water storage, water for for birds and and breeding birds and other species, as well as pollination and ability to produce food. Elsewhere in the world, they also provide building and crafting materials. So there's a whole range of services that these wetlands provide. And it's really hard to understand what that equates to in a monetary value. Like how much is a wetland actually worth? So our, our science was able to provide and help calculate the the, the, the value of, of wetlands and kind of the relative value in, in comparison from a small wetland versus a large wetland. And it really comes down to the area of the wetland, what the population density of the wetland of the area around the wetland, as well as the the agricultural factor productivity, and then the the species, the biodiversity that surrounds that wetland. So it's kind of like a really a jigsaw puzzle that helps us understand that these wetlands are actually 10 times more approximately the value of them for for carbon and nutrient filtration and water storage in comparison to what we originally thought. In populated prairie areas closer to cities with a lower density of wetlands, they can have values averaging $6,500 per hectare per year for their combined services, whereas wetlands in areas of lower population density but with higher wetland area are valued at about half this amount. She said wetlands may have many benefits for those in the agriculture industry. Wetlands are the best carbon containers that are out there. They're the carbon storage uh, across the landscape, particularly in the prairies. And and they provide lots of other different services that I, that I had mentioned as well for, uh, for nutrient filtration and water storage, etc. What we're seeing is that wetlands and agriculture are really part of a bigger system. And that system is out of whack, it's out of balance, and really, and it's leading to wide swings in drought and flood conditions, which is creating massive problems for, for producers and the public. So we really need to, to build resiliency back into the system, kind of put the wheels back on the tractor, and have an adaptation plan that looks forward and, and really rewards farmers for the conservation of these wetlands because they are the carbon containers on the landscape and for all the other services that they provide. 
Mantika Pringle added that estimated values for ecosystem services can be sustainably greater than the net returns for cultivating canola or spring wheat, which range from $85 to $500 a hectare, depending on the location. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Your Market Update with Tanner Waldo-Scribner is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Everything basically stayed the same except feed barley rose by 10 to 387. Canola up 43 to 971. Yellow peas had a slight increase of 2 to 634. One red spring wheat went up by 34 to 449. Everything else stayed the same. Durham at 551. Flax at 976. Lentils 859. Oats at 501. And feed wheat at 261. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now we got the latest Livestock Quotes from Weyburn. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of March 1st. Our last regular sale was on February 16th. The market on slaughter cattle was up about 10 cents. D1 and D2 cows sold from 84 cents to 94 cents with the odd sales up to 97 cents. D3 cows sold from 74 cents to 83 cents. Counter cows sold from 50 cents to 60 cents. Heiferettes sold from $1.20 to $1.40. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.10 to $1.24. We had a pre-sorted Cap sale here on Monday for 50 to 500 pound steers averaged two dollars and 44 cents and sold it to two dollars and 57 cents. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged two dollars and 48 cents and sold up to two dollars and 57 cents. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged two dollars and 35 cents sold up to two dollars and 50 cents. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged two dollars and 16 cents and sold up to two dollars and 33 cents. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged two dollars and four cents and sold up to two dollars and twenty six cents. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged a dollar ninety and sold up to two dollars and eight cents. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged a dollar eighty five and sold up to a dollar eighty nine. Heifers were twenty five to thirty cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of five hundred pound grasser steers at two dollars and fifty seven cents a pound, a group of five hundred and fifty pound tan steers at two dollars and fifty cents a pound, a group of 600-pound tan steers at $2.33 a pound, a group of 650-pound tan steers at $2.19 a pound, a group of 700-pound tan steers at $2.08 a pound, and a load of 790-pound exotic steers at $1.89 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. The latest Saskatchewan pork prices, Sig Foreign Brandon, set at $221. Coming up next is the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. I'm Tanner Waldo-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley once again for the week. Now a look at the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Lexi Hicks is with the Government of Saskatchewan's Livestock Development Unit, and she gave an update on the cattle market. Well, this past week, we saw a lot of positives with the cattle market update as our feeder steer prices were up across the reported weight categories for the week. 
Our prices range from 258.33 per hundredweight for the 3 to 400 pound weight category to 185.13 per hundredweight for the 900 plus pound weight category. The largest price increase was seen in the 3 to 400 pound weight category with an increase of $6.70 per hundredweight to average out at 258.33 per hundredweight for the week. The smallest price increase was seen in the 8 to 900 pound weight category with a price increase of $1.89 per hundredweight to average the week off at 189.78. Moving on to the SAS feeder heifer prices, we also saw a lot of positives as they were all up across the reported weight categories as well. Prices range from 209.50 per hundredweight for the 3 to 400 pound weight category to 170.35 per hundredweight for the 800 plus pound weight category. The largest price increase was reported was seen in the 800 plus pound weight category with an increase of about $4.18 per hundredweight to average out the week at 170.35 per hundredweight for the week. The smallest price increase was seen in the 7 to 800 pound weight category with a price increase of about $1.61 per hundredweight to finish the week off averaging at 175.75 per hundredweight. Canfax reported a total of 9,400 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan this week, which is down from the 13,513 head during the week ending February 18th and significantly lower than the 24,092 head that were marketed during the same week in 2021. Looking at the call cow market, the price of the D2 slaughter cows saw a price increase of about $4 per hundred weight weight from the week ending February 18th to average out at $87.50 per hundredweight, while the price of D3 slaughter cows saw a price increase of $3.99 per hundredweight to average out at $76.19 per hundredweight. On the markets, the TSX is down 147 points to 20,979. The Dow Jones is down 500 and 89 points to 33,295. Oil is up $8.53 to $104.25 per barrel. The Canadian dollar has risen 33 one-hundredth of a cent to $58, or sorry, $78.58 U.S. That's the resource report for today. If you missed any segment on the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges that growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop production solutions. Visit Canada.com. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. For Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, I'm Tanner Wallace-Scribner. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.